Sefer. I thought it was brand new, but it's not. The Sefer of Rabbi Eli Mansur. Oh, Famous uh, Eli Mansur. Sorry, Eli Mansur. The Sfaradi Rabbi. He 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 is. Uh, he knows Kol Hatarukula. Literally, I mean, he gives that. One more, and he's an unbelievable one. And the Shirim, he has his own website of Shirim, thousands and thousands, Mansur, Eli Mansur, all the time. He's world famous, does not need my introduction. The young fellow is a young guy. He knows Kol Hatarakula. I think they're building now a shul, like a, like a $50 million. How many million dollars? How does it cost a shul? $50 million, something like that? Fifty million dollars shuls off the charts. Okay, he's he's an he's an outstanding Talmud Chacham. I have a friend that that, that worship, literally worships him. Right? Literally, so <laughs> he views him as a He listens to his shiurim nonstop throughout the day. So I walked into the store and I saw this. Not not, not recently. And I saw this. On, I mean, I thought it was a brand new safer and I started picking it up and it's fantastic. It's on the Shmoyne Esrei. He, uh, I don't know if he did it, but someone took from his lectures from Shurim and they, they put out a sefer on the parish of the Shmoyne Esrei, the Amida, the Amida, based upon his Shurim. Turns out this really was published two years ago, 2015. 2015. And uh, I spent some time on it, and I wanted to share with you, maybe we'll do it over two days, some of the ideas that, that caught my attention. He has a lot of, he has a lot of gematrius. But things like I've never heard of before. Very fascinating things. So let's just start, run through a few ideas as time permits. Number one, do you ever wonder, I always wondered about this, why is it that in the, in the Siddur, before you come to Baruch on Shabbos and Yom Tev, it says, So they break it up into two columns. On the right side it says, Yitzchak. And on the other side, it doesn't say really anything. But on Rosh Hashanah, on Yom Kippur, on Yom they change it. We, we rearrange it on the Yomim Noiroim to Rivka. To Rivka. Yitzchak Rivka. So the question is why? What is this all about? What's this all about? And before we begin, the Birchaz Kriyashma, we mention, we make mention of Yitzchak and Rivka. So there are different ideas here and there discussed. So he just says something, says something very simple. He says, Yitzchak and Rivka. Bigma, equal bigmatria. Anyone have quick, quick, quick numbers? Yitzchak plus Rivka equals exactly five fifteen. What is the significance of five fifteen? It's bigmatria tefillah, which bigmatria also for eschanan. First Rashi parsed for eschanan. The motion was misspelled five hundred fifteen tefillahs. Bigmatria of eschanan. Hashem said to him, "No more. One more tefillah. There's nothing. You are you going too far?" So. And, 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 and what were they misfollowed for? Children. Yitzchak and Rivka, they each one went into their corner. Okay, so it says, And therefore, it's a very appropriate way to begin to begin Tzvila, uh, to begin Baruchu, to lead into Birchus Kriyashma, Geula, Asaymech, Geula, Tzvila, to begin all the Birchus Kriyashma. We begin with a reminder of Yitzchak and Rivka, who are the epitome, the paradigm of Tzvila. Each one went into their corner to be mispalal. Tzaddik ben Tzaddik, Tzaddik ben Rasha. A mechitza between them, men and women. Okay, it also goes to show that women are invited to participate in tefillah. And uh, their numbers equal, the numbers equal 515, which is the epitome of tefillah, Moshe Rabbeinu vo'eschanan, the gematria of 515. 
And uh, it's a very nice reminder to come into Tzvila by making mention of, of Yitzchak and Rivka. Next idea. Now, the next idea, I'm going to jump around because I didn't go in order, and I'm, in fact, I, I did not even finish, I did not finish the Sefer. I have more ways, more to go, but let's just jump around to wherever the page stops. Okay, this is very interesting. I found this fascinating. There are four things in davening that we are mispalel to have a complete solution for. What are the four things? For emuna shlema, animamin be'emuna shlema, b'vias hamashiach, animam be'emuna shlema. All the animams are emuna shlema, right? Are they all emuna shlema? But you're not mispal for that. You're saying be'emuna shlema that. Be'emuna shlema. Okay, we're not mispal. Okay, it's true. We're not but it's still an expression of emuna shlema. Uh, and Shmon Eshe will mispal for a refua shlema. Gula Shlema, right? We spell for a Gula Shlema. And what else are we spell for? A Muna Shlema? A Teshuva. Hashavena Vilsus Vakavina Makinula Vakazrena Beshuva Beshuva Shlema Lefanecha. And a Gula Shlema and Refua Shlema. So if you go study the entire Nusachatzil, you will discover the only four things. Okay, check it out on the computer. The only four things which we are mispal, we are Mavakish Maskir. And Amuna. And Amuna. The only four things. That's it. Type into the computer with Amuna and the Nusachatila and try to find the fifth and the only four things. Now, what are these four things? What are the Rashi Tevas of these four things? Fascinating. What are the Rashi Tevas? Esraik. Aleph is Amuna. Toph is Teshuva. Teshuva Shlema. Reish is Rafua. And Gimel is Geula Shlema. Esraik. Halay Davar. Now we understand why people are holding their esrog up in the air and they're looking for the most minute imperfections. Where does it come from, this Mishagas? I always wondered, it always bothered me. Shalema. If esrog is Rashi Tevais, Emuna, Rufua, Gula, and Teshuvah, and these four things represent Shalemos, we demand completeness, no womb, health, it's got to be perfect. Okay, no, no, no deviation in health, no deviation in emuna, no deviation in gula, gula shlem, no deviation in teshuva. Wow, it clicks. Now, hanach lohem li Yisrael im enam nevim b'nei nevim. Now, when you see someone holding up the esrog with a microscope and looking for imperfections, I understand. I understand. It comes from. What? <laughs> Still in that job, right? He's still in that job, but it, but it, it opens up a whole new appreciation, a new appreciation in this manner. Okay, I, I really like that. That was really neat to me, interesting to me. Okay, there's a quick thing, which is a simple thing. We learned in Navi not that long ago. That's why this, the following idea resonates with me. We begin the, with the brach of Adam Das Bina. Why there are two different types of creatures? There's an Adam and there's an Enosh, and Adam we give Das, and Enosh we give Bina. So simply, there are probably a million interpretations. He presents three. He simply, we work with the fact, you say that Adam is much greater than Enosh. Adam Harisha, in fact. Adam Harisha, Enosh is a lower Madrega. Das is a higher level of knowledge, and Bina is a lower level of knowledge. Mevin Dovar, Mitoch Dovar, it's... That was higher level. That's what I thought. 
But being that Bina is associated with Enoish on a lower level, so you have to assume is that it's that it's the process. It's not it's not the totality. Das represents the com- the complete the complete the, the the pinnacle. You've reached Shlemus. Bina, you're in the process of understanding Davar So why do we so that, so why do we break it into three different categories? So you have three interpretations. This is simple. One indeed refers to Adam Kaidemachet, Adam Acharachet. Before the Chet is an Adam, then is Das Acharachet, then he is an Enoish, and it's a low level of Bina. Second answer is one refers to Tzadikim, Adam represents the Madrig of Tzadikim, the Zechet Das, and Enoish represents people that are not Tzadikim, Bali Tshuva, the Zechet Bina. The third answer is Atem, we learned this not so long ago, that's why I'm mentioning it. Atem kiruyim adam ve'ein uma yisraelam kiruyim adam. Only klali yisrael is called an adam, and the uma yisraelam are not called adam. The meila ata achonim adam is klali yisrael. We have das. Omelamid le'enoish the uma yisraelam they only have bina. Okay, let's go now to the next idea. Okay, very short, short and sweet. When it comes to teshuva, baruch atah Hashem horitzeh. Hashem wants teshuva. When it comes to all the brachas, as a matter of fact, Chonin Hadoas, Reifei Cholemo Yisrael, Mevarech Hashanim. Why, when it comes to all of the other brachas, we we, may, we conclude with with a statement that says, it's a matter of fact, Hashem, you do A, B, C, and D. But when it comes to Teshuva, it doesn't say Hashem, Haroitzeh. So the, that's exactly the point. The point of here is that I call me the Shemaim Chutz Miyira Shemaim that you got to do it yourself. The tshuva it's a very powerful reminder every day in Shemun Esrei. No one's going to help you do tshuva. You got to do it yourself. Okay, this is very fascinating to me. The next thing is Now I know most of us do not say the word no. Okay, that's really Nusach Svart. It's also here. Everything over here is, is of course, you know, Svart. Not Nusach Svart. Everything over here is Sephardah, Mamish. Even that. No, there's a parenthesis. So some do say Reina. I think the Kol Yaakov said it has not. Our school took it out. Okay. In the Kol Yaakov, it was in parentheses. All right, you have to ask. That's I told you. We have to have a book, all of their decisions, explaining in very great detail all of their decisions, which it's miraculous, have been accepted. Hashem gave them, you know, people know, people, people tolerated all of these things, obviously, you know, people, they wrote rei, rei, v'yonye, they left out the word no, and no one says boo, and their sudurim, they have sold only a billion sudurim, and, and no one says boo, obviously, there's a certain siyat of the shmaya, you can't deny the fact, they don't, they don't know, Jews don't take things lightly. There's no, there wasn't a protest, a rally against art scroll or a boycott. Someone else will make us sitter. The fact that it was accepted, obviously, obviously, uh, then it was all accepted, right? Okay, okay, right, right. But it's interesting. Whatever it is, they left it out. Whatever reason, but but there are no such So he says something very very fascinating. The Rashi Tevos Reish Nun Base is Reish Nun Base. Reish Nun Base two fifty two. What happened in the year 252? Now, the number 252 may not be familiar to you because we live in a secular world. How about the number 1492? In the year 1492, what happened? Columbus went to discover America, and there was also the expulsion of the Jews from Spain. Reish Nun Beis of the fifth Elif. Okay, hey Alafim, Shnas, Reish Nun Beis. We're now in Tavshin, Tavshin. Ayin Zayin, Tavshin Ayin Zayin. So, so, um, 
So go back to Reish, and that's that. We don't mention the Elif, because it's assumed that that's the Elif HaChamishi. But in the Elif HaChamishi, in the year Reish Nun Beis, that was 1942, and that was a very difficult year for the Jewish people, because that was the year when the Jews were expelled from Spain. That's the Bar so, so Rabbi this starts for you because that was one of that was that was the expulsion of the Jews from Spain. That was the time of the Barbanel, and uh, what else? That was the discovery of America. Okay, and what does it say? So it says over here, and he says, says that's what we're alluding to. They say, he says that 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 tukuf in Jewish history, you have to analyze. This is really true. Was was one of the most difficult tukufans? Was that tukuf more difficult than the Crusades? Was it more difficult than the Chorban? More difficult than the Holocaust? I don't know. But he's saying is that there's a major significance when we say Hashem, look at our affliction, our suffering. We're primarily focusing on the year 1492. What? So I want to say that's really what he means is is that that the Golos in America, it's never been better. A Medina Shel Chesed, freedom of religion, Opportunity, there's no limit. It's unbelievable. But yet, there's probably never in history of the Jewish in the history of the Jewish people been assimilation like there is in America. There was eighty percent assimilation in the history of the Jewish people from the time of the Chorban. I don't believe it. What? To compare it to the time of the Chorban I'm asking you a question. I'm asking you a question from the time of the Chorban was there ever a degree of loss of Jews due to assimilation like there was that there isn't in America? In Bayes Rishon. Go back to Bayes Rishon. What? That the loss of that there was Golos. That wasn't assimilation. That was that wasn't necessarily assimilation. It's interesting is that it was certainly in the early years. You have to understand certainly in the early years when they came to America. Quick, we'll talk about before the war, before before World War. Two and before World War One, okay, all the Jews who came to America were talking about I don't know the numbers, but I mean these communities all over the country. There were Jews all over the place in Connecticut and and all out throughout the West and all over, gone. Cincinnati, gone, gone like nothing. Okay, reform a conservative movement. There's, there's nothing left, and who it's left when after World War Two. When, when, they, when they came in large numbers and the Sheri Plato, the Europeans came, they established yeshivas, so that already began to change the tide. But, and even, even today, even though the tide has not been changed, the, the, still the, the intermarriage rate still is 80%. So I think it's very, very frightening, it's very shocking when you say, you're really alluding to it's never ever been so good. The opportunity of the Yadus, but Mitzat Sheni, it's a double-edged sword. The dangers of assimilation, the dangers of the open society, have no no question have have taken a toll on Klal Yisrael, and that all started in a very large degree in the year Reish Ayin days, which is the same thing as 1492, the Spanish expulsion, and the and also the discovery of America, which opened up. A, a whole new Tukufa, a whole new world for Klaushal, the goal is of Klaushal. It's a very, I think it's a very remarkable thing when he write, what, he, what, what he says here. Okay, let's now go to the next idea. Now, by the way, this bracha, I never knew this, he says, is, a, is when a, a person is in for children. 
someone who does not have children, if you have good children, this is the place to have memavakesh for children, for grandchildren, for doyres, because it says it says in the it says in the in the Torah in by by by, by Yar es on Yenu, we say this in the Haggadah zu prishus derecheretz. Okay, we say in the Haggadah Hashem saw on Yenu that they were unable to have children. They were unable zu prishas derecheretz. It's the same word on Yenu. Mimela, when we say re'enav on Yenu, it alludes to that that even now anyone Rachman or Litzlan that is having a hard time having children or grandchildren or whatever this is all about, maybe we could shidduchim. Maybe it's also nichal on that. Doyros producing doyros zu prishas derecheretz. And also what it says, and also the, the Tsar Gidl Banim, it's all alluded to in the expression of Re'enu Why not? Population explosion. That's not what What do you mean, population explosion? In the Trium. There was a population explosion. But that was, that, that, that was, that was before, no, no, that was before the Shibut started. It began... Vayirbu vayatsmu bimaod maod shisha bikeres echad shisha. There was a population explosion, and then what happened? Then what happened? Vayaka melechadas shaloyadas Yosef. Vayomer and he says, "Look what's going on over here. There's a population explosion. We got to stop this." And they, they they did stop it. They they tried to call habein hayiloid hayyeret tashlichu. They started the shibud. Vayar Hashem b'sivloisam, and then go all the psukim. We dash the psukim in the Haggadah. All of those psukim took place after Vayirbu Vayatzmu Maod Maod, which means our God is telling us that we were suppressed. Zuprishus derecheretz. That Paro, due to the, the severity of the shibud, men were working in the fields twenty four seven. They were not able to come home. There and was yet. Yeah, well, not even yet. And yet it continued. Not, it seems not to the same degree. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but, but you have to also acknowledge what it says in the Haggadah, Zu Prish Okay, yeah, like but, but still... Okay, but Zu Prish Terecheretz, Menela, it ties into the Bracha, Re'eno, Yonyenu. If Rahman al-Islam, there is any degree of, of difficulty in this matter, here is the Mokam to be Mechavein for Yeshua. And that includes, it's a very, very vast category. It includes Shaduchim, it includes children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, it includes success. Children should not be inclined to Rahman al-Islam, you know, uh, go the wrong way. It's all part of, all part of the concept of children and that, everything which goes along with that. Okay, let's go to the next short idea. Okay, Geula uh, Shalema. What is Shagula Shalema? So I, I'm not into the, this stuff. You go to me, I resolve. Yudke Vavke. When you spell it out, how do you, Yudke Vavke is 26. But when you spell Yudke, it's Yud, Yud, Vav Dalit. Hey is Hey Aleph. Vav is Vav Aleph Vav. And K, He is He Aleph. When you spell out the letter, Mole, extended gematria is 45. Yud Ke Vav Ke is 45 when you spell it out. What is the gematria of Geula? 45. 45. And, and uh, so really it's very revealing is that Yud Ke Vav Ke, Hashem's name, Zrachamim, but Yud Ke Vav Ke, Hashem's name, Bimiluo, in its fullness, represents redemption. When we connect ourselves to the Rebbeinu Shlelam in its fullest sense, with Zoycha to Gula. Gula is very, very broad. Personal Gula, 
Gula for the Klal Gula. And once we're on that note, he has another fascinating. What's forty five? Is the Mole. Yudke Vavke Bimilua is forty five. Gula is forty five. Both Gula and Yudke Vavke Bimilua are forty five. The lesson is that if we connect ourselves to, if we connect ourselves to Hashem one hundred percent, b'miluo, we zoycha to geula, because the essence of Hashem's name is redemption. On that note, let's go back to something very, very interesting. We say, do we ever answer Amen to any bracha ourselves in Shemona Esrei? Think about it. Now we benching, we answer Amen. And the benching. And the benching. And is there any other bracha in Shemona Esher where we answer Amin to our own bracha? There is one bracha. And that is, well not, not 100%, but that is, that is, is, that is in Slicha. Slach, Lon, 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 Sela. When do we say Sela? How can I not know this? Before that, before that, what do we say? We say the word Bechol Yom Yahalucha Kodesh, the Shimcha Kodesh, Ukidoshim Bechol Yom Yahalucha Sela. So we, basically, we answer Sela. Really, is is a form of Amen. Sometimes you answer Amen Sela. Right, there's such a thing. I don't know when you say Amin Sela. What's Shat? What is Sela? What is Amin? So he says something very interesting. What is what is Amin? Amin is Big Matria. This is not my style, but well, it's so good I can't hold back. What is Amin Big Matria? 91. 91. What, what's the significance of 91? 91 is the combination of 65 and 26. What is 65? 65 is Aleph, Dalit, Nun, Yud. Adnos. The way we pronounce Hashem's name. How do we spell Hashem's name? Yud, Kei, Vav, Kei. 26. So Hashem is loik shanim nikra anim nichtav. We pronounce Hashem's name Aleph Talad Nun Yud, and we, we it's spelled Yud Kei Vavke. Yud Kei Vavke is twenty six. Aleph Talad Nun Yud is is sixty five. So we put the two together. What do you get? You get ninety one. So basically, whenever you're saying Amen, besides Kel Melech Neman, besides the fact that it's it's translated as an affirmation, I, I affirm this to be so. It's also Hashem's name. It's all not just Hashem's name. It's the it, it's the totality of Hashem. It's Hashem, the combination of seeing Hashem and hearing Hashem. There's the Shemia v'chol ha'am roim esakolais. You see Yudkei Vavkei, like you see all these places they have in front of you. Yudkei Vavkei is a big thing to see Hashem's name. It's a big thing. There's also a big thing to say Hashem's name. It's Aleph Talad Nunyud. It's the combination of the Shemia and the Reiya of the Rebbeinu Shemayim Yudkei Vavkei. Now, La'asalavo, there's a very, there's a Kabbalistic idea that Hashem's name is going to be different. La'asalavo. La'hanuhan haga. And how will Hashem's name be spelled when Mashiach comes? Not Yudke Vovke. It's going to be spelled Yudke Yudke. By Yoimahu Yihiyeh Hashem. La'asalavo, this is run of the mill. This is, this is, I'm not making, this is a popular idea. By Yoimahu Yihiyeh. It's no longer going to be spelled Yudke Vavke. It's going to be spelled Yudke Yudke. Bayoimahu Yihiyeh Hashem. What is Yihiyeh? The gematch of Yihiyeh? 30. What is what is what is Aleph Dal Nun Yud? Same thing, 65. Where we put, that's not going to change. The pronunciation will not change. It's going to be Aleph Dal Nun Yud. But the spelling is going to change from Yudke Vavke to Yudke Yudke. 
instead of 26, it's going to be 30. So what do you get when you add 30? 95. What does 95 become actually? Selah. What does selah actually It means forever. Right. It doesn't. Don't I, sell, I, it, means it means a rock. It means a rock. It means forever. I don't even know what it means. But now you understand. I never knew this. This is not unbelievable for me. This is unbelievable. That now I understand. What does it mean? Amen Sela. How come there's such an expression? You give a bracha, big bracha. Amen Sela. So we translate it to mean Amen forever. Super duper Amen. I don't think it's generally translated as well. You have things like Amen, 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 Sela. Right. Yeah, these elaborations. But one of the elaborations is to combine Amen with the word Selah. So we simply translate Amen forever. I'm such a believer. Tell Melachnem on forever. Selah vo'ed. But also there's Amen Selah. What's it all about? Right? So he says what it's about is Amen represents Hashem, the Shlemus of Hashem in this world before the coming of Mashiach. In the Olam of Hester Panim. That Hashem made the word Mashmi Mo Omar Elam. Moshe said to Hashem, "What's your name? What should I tell them? Tell them Eke, Eke Asher Eke Yudke Vafi Loik Kesher Nichon Nil." Whatever it means, but in this world, the way we relate to Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Yudke Vafke. We pronounce it Aleph Dalad Nun Yud, which comes out to ninety-one, which is Amen. When Mashiach comes and there's going to be a revelation of Hashem's Hanhaga, it's a different world. It's a different world. We don't know these are Kabbalistic concepts, so we don't know what it means at all. But but one, but at least when we when we when we, 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 we refer to it, it's going to be yud k yud k, and we're still going to pronounce it aleph dalid mun yud. And then when you combine thirty plus sixty five, you get ninety five, which is bigmatria sela. So it's the hanhaga of Hashem la So therefore, we sometimes say amen sela. Hashem in this world, and Baruch Hashem li oilam, min ha'oilam, v'yad ha'oilam. You praise Hashem in this world, and you praise Hashem in the next world, min ha'oilam, from this world to oilam haba. That's a short form of Amen Selah. Now we go to the Baruch Atar Kadosh, the Shimcha Kadosh, Ukidoshim, the whole Yom Yehalalucha, every day Yehalalucha Selah. It, 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 it doesn't explain in detail, but it opens up a whole new, the whole new appreciation is that you're holy, Really? Do we really see the world appreciating Hashem? We allude to, yeah, but sell on the primary Zman to Kufa, where it's going to be, which is in the future tense, will be Selah, will be at the time of Lavo when Hashem's name will be, will be Yudke Vavke, Yudke Yudke, and then it's going to be a din of Selah. Okay, I thought this is a. Mashiach comes. Is there going to be time? We don't know what time is going to be. We don't know nothing. We don't know. These are all Kabbalistic concepts. Okay, out of time, let me say one more vart. One more vart. We're going to do some more tomorrow. One more vart. And that is, this made, this, this made an impression upon me. Okay, What's the double expression? So there are a hundred interpretations. Everyone has interpretation. Heal us from the doctors. Heal us from the side effects. Hashem heal us, and then heal us from heal us from the healing. Right? You have to be healed from the healing. But he has something that is very, which I think today, I think in this generation, has really, really powerful impact. And that is the hardest thing today when you go to a doctor is for the doctor to really know what the problem is. Right? That's the hardest thing. If, if that that's ninety percent, ninety percent, ninety nine percent, sometimes of the refuah is if the doctor can identify what the problem is. The body is so complex, 
it's all, 99% the doctor really does not know exactly what the issue is. And they, they this and that, this medicine, that medicine, if they, they would only know, take things like take 10 years to finally pin it down. Even so, so never. So he says, the, the Vilnagon's son of Avraham, who was the son of the, of the Gra, says, that shot, Rifoenu Hashem means, not Rafua. I don't know how he reads this in the word. The word it means, Rifoenu, identify. Grant us siyata deshmaya that we should identify exactly, exactly what the problem is. And we can then know how to do it. Then Vinay Rafa, then it's easy. Not not so easy. I mean, then once we know exactly what it is, we should have siyat deshmaya in that the medicine and the technique that we go about in uh, in dealing with the problem Vinay Rafa. But before you get to Vinay Rafa, you have to be mispal. Almost like tefillah, when you mispal to Hashem, don't just be mispal for the refuah. You can't have a miracle. I mean, yes, a miracle is all you want, but but if you want to go through the Hateva, you have to be first mispal. I got a problem. I don't feel well. There's an issue. I don't know how to define the issue. If I knew how to define the issue, it would make things so much easier for me. I would know exactly which type of doctor, where to go, which this and that, medicine, rifo'enu, reveal to us, grant siyat that the doctor will pinpoint, nail on the head, exactly what the issue is. I once saw this. I once saw that there was someone, there was someone, there was, someone, there was someone, my sister, my sister went to medical school, she was a doctor, and there was, there was a neighbor across the street, and it was Yamtif, and the neighbor had a certain, certain, it was a guest, it was a guest, it was a guest from, from someone, and the child had a certain condition. And the parents, like, they were a little like, baffled. What exactly is going on? And my sister came back for, for Yomtif, Yomtif, and, and she just, incredible Hashkocha, just happened to learn about this extremely rare condition in children. Extremely rare condition they learned. And, and my sister couldn't believe it. This kid across the street has all the symptoms which... Which, which show what the problem is. So she told them, I think this is what the issue is. And, and then, and, and you have to do this, not an emergency, but this is what you have to do. You have to go here, you have to do this and this and this. After Yom Tif, so they went to the doctor, went to a, a pediatrician, and they told the pediatrician that, that someone told them this is what the condition is. So the doctor was a big, big doctor, sees a million kids a day. He's, he totally was floored. He said he never in a million years would have figured this out, even though he sees all these kids, because, because that's not, like, not, not like what happens all the time. He would be totally baffled. He would probably describe all these other things and do this, this, and this, and this, and then until who knows, until... And he can't believe that the Siyata Shnaya, that this couple, that someone happened to know exactly what it was, and now it's very simple. And now you, this is a, this is a certain type of thing you do, and then this thing you'll be, you'll be okay in a, in a few weeks. You'll yeah, be totally they fine. IBM Watson. They use it for diagnosis because you put in all the uh, symptoms. Right. And of course, there's the ninety, there's the fifty percent chance it's this, this, this. But Watson will give them every possibility. Yeah, absolutely. So there's one percent chance. So what are the chances? At a certain point, you get to that point. But yeah, that one point. Normal doctor so, may not get. To oh, that point. but make that point exactly. So it's a, a tremendous siyat d'shmaya, and that's the mechavein. Rifa'enu, which he interprets, and I, I have to look up exactly to see the analogy how he gets down to Rifa'enu is first be mispaul to Hashem that the doctor says siyat to identify the problem, then vinei rafei.
that will be already here for the Yeshua. Okay, we'll stop over here. We'll see you tomorrow.